Hi, I'm Rick Tibbetts. Welcome to Unlimit Yourself. I'm glad you're here. In today's episode, I want to talk about a personality type that actively limits the happiness and success of those who possess it. The kind of people who see the glass half empty and no light at the end of the tunnel. Those who carry around a dour and sullen opinion of what is possible for themselves and others. Today, I want to talk about the disempowered pessimist. More than a typical pessimist, one who is disempowered has adopted a highly insular worldview, where the idea of what's possible in life is highly restricted, and where the cause of failure can always be attributed to someone or something else. This unproductive mindset robs good, hardworking people of the opportunities that would otherwise be available to them with a more positive, self-assured outlook. There are countless reasons people fall victim to this way of thinking, and I'll explore one of them, but I'm primarily going to focus on how to avoid it using an example from my own life. So let's get started. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in. Happy start of fall 2021. I have to confess, I am a summer guy through and through. I love the heat, love the warm weather, the beautiful warm nights. But at the same time, I can't escape the fact that I am from Massachusetts, born and raised, so I'm used to cold weather, and there's a part of me that after a fantastic summer, I do crave a nice, brisk wind every now and again. The kind that fills your lungs with clean, refreshing air. That stuff, sometimes you can't beat it. You also can't beat a pumpkin spice latte, or a pumpkin-flavored donut, or a really a pumpkin-flavored any kind of meal. Uh, I'll admit, I have fallen victim. I do very much enjoy the pumpkin flavors. So, especially from Dunkin' Donuts. I will say right now, however controversially, I am a Dunkin's guy. I I hardly ever do Starbucks. I, I have to be in a Barnes & Noble somewhere to be tempted to get a, a Starbucks coffee. Anyway, this is... Uh, <laughs> this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I decided that this week I wanted to speak from the heart about something that I feel very strongly about. A kind of person who I've met time and time again throughout my life, and whenever I meet them, I just, I wish I could sit with them, talk with them, and find out why they think the way they do. Because the kind of things they say elicit a kind of sorrow, a, a hopelessness in life, in their prospects, and their potential. These individuals, they seem so resigned to the fact that they'll never get anywhere, or if they do, it'll be nowhere significant, nowhere prominent, that they will forever idle at a lowly stature despite their best efforts. I call this particular type of person a disempowered pessimist. See, you can be pessimistic, and that is entirely natural. All of us are pessimistic at times. But a disempowered pessimist, to me, my definition, is somebody who has formed a habit of thought that revolves around pessimism, hopelessness, bad faith, and disbelief in their own potential and that of others. For example, in the face of a go-getter, high achiever, and self-believer, a disempowered pessimist would be quick to say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, that's so unrealistic. You don't have the skills to do that. You don't have the money. You can't afford it. Don't humiliate yourself. Why would you even try? Makes no sense for you to even go down that route. It will never work. In addition, they are quick to criticize others, to talk behind their back, to gossip, to claim victim status whenever possible. And lastly, 
A disempowered pessimist is one who rarely, if ever, introspects. One who never asks, what have I done to contribute to this negative outcome? How have I hurt this person? What can I do to be a better friend, a better partner, a better sibling? What can I do to change my circumstances for the better? Instead, disempowered pessimists will always cast the blame on others. This attribute is not exclusive to disempowered pessimists. Narcissists share this attribute very much so. However, it is a trademark of somebody who lingers in the pessimistic realm. Somebody who is always feeling as though they are the ones who are oppressed, attacked, and that opportunity has been stripped from them by forces far beyond their control. Unfortunately, I think we all know someone or many people just like this. They might be in our immediate family or extended family or a close friend or a former friend or just acquaintances that we've met throughout life. There are a lot of disempowered pessimists out there. But why is that? Well, I believe it starts with how easy it is to complain. It takes far less energy to dismiss someone or something. It is much easier to simply cast someone aside or harp on the negatives rather than see the beauty in a person or situation. Give credit where credit is due. Admit your flaws. Admit when you were wrong. And recognize that a particular struggle or challenge made you a stronger, better person. See, developing a positive, optimistic mindset takes intentionality, self-discipline, and a willingness to be different. What do I mean by that? Well, in society, at least from what I've observed, we tend to be most comfortable with behaviors, thoughts, and opinions that skew toward the negative. Tell me if this sounds familiar. How was class? Eh, it was boring. How's work? Ugh, absolutely rough, as always. Are you gonna try that out? No, I'm not like those people. I don't have the talent for that. What do you think of that person? Eh, they're kind of weird. In these common, everyday back and forths, there is a tendency for us to emphasize the negative, to express our dissatisfaction rather than highlight the positives. Think about how unexpected and almost odd it would be to hear these replies. How was class? Class was great. We talked about something I've been dying to learn about for a long time. How was work? Work's going well. I can't really complain. Are you going to try out for that? Of course, I definitely have what it takes. What do you think of that person? Honestly, I don't know them that well, but they seem pretty cool. I would love to get to know them more. Of course, these more positive, upbeat responses are not rare. We hear them from time to time. But I think we can all agree they're not nearly as common as the more negative feedback we get in our daily conversations. And that is not to say that somebody who gives negative responses is a disempowered pessimist. I do it sometimes, you do it, everybody does it, and that's totally fine. If it's the most truthful answer, no problem. The issue comes in when one becomes so accustomed to using negativity as a crutch that it hijacks their ability to see the silver lining, to see the good or potential good in someone or something. It takes maturity and wisdom to get in the habit of parsing out the positives and being vocal about what you're grateful for or in support of. The reality is that words are very powerful. If you make a habit of applying negative vocabulary to your descriptions of thoughts, opinions, events, people, memories, then inevitably your entire frame, your entire outlook on life, 
will shift toward the negative. Even if deep down we feel more positively about something, using negative vocabulary to describe it will train our brain to view it in less desirable, unappealing terms. This pattern of behavior leads to a closed-minded and unproductive worldview that keeps people from seeing the opportunities in front of them and taking the risks or putting in the effort necessary to achieve a desired result. Think about it, if you view something or someone as a true waste of time, not worth your attention or your efforts, and that reaction is multiplied over a span of days, weeks, months, and years, then naturally you are not going to be as productive, successful, or happy as somebody who thinks in more positive terms. Conversely, if we train our brains to point out the positives, to assess situations fairly, and acknowledge the good just as much as the bad, then suddenly we begin to see life as much less of an insurmountable challenge and much more of an exciting and riveting opportunity for self-improvement, achievement, and happiness. You will be more inclined to make new friends, travel to new places, accept offers, begin a career, expand your skill set, and even forgive those who may have wronged you in the past. What I'm saying right now is very similar to a concept known as the power of positive thinking. The idea that viewing life strictly through a positive lens will foment strictly positive results. However, I would add a caveat to this concept. To seek out and acknowledge only the positive is in itself a foolish endeavor. We must fully recognize and grapple with the downsides of life without letting them consume our thinking and limit our potential. See, disempowered pessimists have one thing right. Life isn't fair. But that doesn't mean life has an agenda. The universe does not conspire to make certain people successful and others failures. It is a benign, unbiased entity, a mere spectator, watching everyone on Earth chart their own course with the resources they're given. Unfortunately, those resources are not distributed equitably. I should know. I went to a university where the majority of my peers came from highly privileged means, meaning that, by and large, they came from high-income or wealthy families where both or at least one parent was college-educated, well-spoken, well-connected, and able to provide their children with private school education, lavish vacations, a big house or multiple houses, a sleek new car fully paid for, a stipend for their housing, food, and recreation costs, and an omnipresent financial safety net that would catch them and resuscitate their funds if they ever ran out of money. In addition, these parents would end up paying off a substantial amount or all of their child's student loan debt. My background, on the other hand, is a little different. Neither of my parents went to college. My father is a carpenter and tile installer. My mother, an immigrant from Portugal, was a bank teller for many years and is now a Portuguese interpreter. And though she does not possess a bachelor's degree, she did end up pursuing higher education when I was 16 years old in a certificate program at a local community college. My stepmother was a stay-at-home parent who also didn't go to college. And before I go on, none of this is a mark against their character. My parents are salt-of-the-earth types, blue-collar people whose main concern was paying the bills so their children had food on the table and a roof over their heads. But they certainly couldn't afford the extravagancies that wealthier families could. My parents, my siblings, and I, we were a low-income family. Me, my two brothers, and one sister all went to public schools. If we wanted to buy something extra, that money had to come out of our own pockets. We had to get a job at age 14 or 15 if we wanted something like a car, for instance. 
I remember being one of the only kids in my high school who paid for his car, his monthly car insurance, his gas, and car repairs fully himself. I was also paying for my monthly phone bill. I uh, take a lot of pride in this now, but uh, back then I was less than thrilled. When it came to college, my parameters were tightly set. I didn't have a college fund, and my parents certainly didn't have the money to contribute to my education, so any student loan debt I accumulated would have to be paid off by me. Therefore, without substantial scholarship money, my options were pretty much attend a low-cost public university or go to community college. Luckily, I didn't let the weight of this cold reality narrow my prospects or stifle my ambition. There's absolutely nothing wrong with attending a public university or community college. In most cases, they are great options. It's just that I envisioned something different for myself. But to achieve that vision, I had to work very hard in high school, get high grades, take advantage of leadership opportunities, get involved with sports and extracurricular activities, and apply to multiple scholarships when the time came my senior year, all while working part-time at a grocery store. Eventually, thanks to my hard work, I was able to secure a sizable scholarship that allowed me to go to a big-name school like Syracuse University. When I got to Syracuse, it became clear to me almost immediately that I did not have the background or financial security that most of my peers did. But rather than letting this fact frighten me or allowing disempowered pessimism to take root, I used it as rocket fuel to motivate me to be the best student I could be. In my mind, this was the most rational response. After all, I was a first-generation college student in the exact same place at the exact same time as kids who grew up with arguably a better education, wealthier parents, and lifelong insight into what college life would be like at an elite university. I say all this not to rag on rich kids or undermine the success of my very hard-working friends from college. No one gets to choose the circumstances in which they're born, and you should never feel ashamed of them whether you're born rich or poor. I say all this to offer an example of someone, in this case myself, who used the resources at their disposal and made the most of them. I never let the fact that my parents didn't go to college or that my family didn't have much money disempower me or limit my aspirations. I knew what I was capable of and what was possible for my future if I just stayed focused and put in the work. And that is exactly what I'm trying to get at with this episode. To be a disempowered pessimist is to rob yourself of the opportunities and personal growth that are within your grasp. On the other hand, by striving to see the upsides, assessing situations fairly, and maintaining a rock-solid faith in your potential, your life will be filled with far fewer regrets and what-ifs, and far more happiness, friends, and peace of mind. That does it for this episode on the Disempowered Pessimist. Today, we talked about how to spot disempowered pessimism, the many ways it hinders success, the power of language in shaping the mind, and my story of dreaming big and remaining positive despite the many obstacles in my path. Keep in mind that I am no superhero. The only power I possess is feeling empowered to be my best self. And that, my friends, is all you need. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.